2: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman.
1: Man.
3: It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's
1: Spud Goodman.
4: Greetings. I am, in fact, Spud Goodman. I love you! Your host of this official USDA approved radio show. Please be aware of the many man hours that have gone into the making of this program. I mean, no humans or animals were harmed, but suffice to say, there was considerable blood, sweat, and tears expended in the process. I know I have multiple band aids applied on various body parts as I speak. I and mean, whatever it takes is my motto. So let me introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, How about a quick chortle?
5: Oh, a chortle. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Or was that a guffaw? Sometimes I get them mixed up.
4: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a chortle. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you anyway. You're welcome. Um, So I should uh, publicly acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Give us a squeak or
6: something. A squeak. Yeah. Well, uh, how about a warm hello to everyone now listening? So now I, I, I would, would like
4: to discuss something here live on oh. the air. Our illustrious executive producer is supposedly listening to this in, in the comfort of her office. And I have everyone in the studio's attention, right, as you guys are supposed to be working. Hell will freeze over. I've given this considerable thought and felt it would be best to do this now and get it behind us. Yeah,
6: uh, but, Spud, we're supposed to
4: discuss... Yeah, I, I know upcoming... what we were supposed to discuss, but I have called an audible here. Uh... and That is my right as the quarterback of this show. No, what I want to lay out is my new set of rules
6: that we will now be following.
5: Oh, Spud, you've never been a big proponent of rules.
6: All right. Is this about me swiping your last bottle of Pepto-Bismol out of the fridge I really had um, no choice, as I was having a very bad case of indigestion last week. I should have gone to Wendy's instead of Taco Bell, I guess. <laughs> but let me say, I'm very sorry to have borrowed a bottle. Oh, of borrowed? Your
4: pe- that that would imply you replaced it, right? To the best of uh, my knowledge, I am still down one bottle of Pepto Bismol at this moment. The facts are clear. Currently, you are an office cat burglar. They
5: are complete pathetic maggots. Uh, You know, my yogurt that I brought in yesterday was missing when I went to get it. Maybe we need to put a lock or something on the studio fridge.
6: Uh, Well, Mrs. Jarvitz, I can assure you I did not take your yogurt, though... I won't lie, I was aware of its medicinal value last week when my stomach was in a world of hurt. I saw it there, but I swear to you, I have never taken your yogurt.
5: Oh, I'm pretty liberal as a person, but ripping off someone's lunch should be a capital offense. If it wasn't you, wow. then someone else in this studio is still at large. Courtney, yeah. Chloe... Uh, and Dorothy, if it was a
4: Raspberry yo play, it could have been me. Mm. I'm sorry, but I was really hungry. It was that or a really old piece of carrot cake from Trent's birthday party a couple months ago, and it looked oh. really nasty.
5: Well, at least you had the decency to admit it. But you would have told me without being confronted, I'm sure. Mm, yeah, m- maybe. Uh, I'm, well, I'm like
4: pretty hope. sure I would. So,
6: Spud. What new rules are you referring to here? Okay,
4: I know everyone is familiar with the world-famous, multi-talented Steve Harvey. Sure. I mean, I may not have previously given this man his due, but after reading about his his stand on appropriate behavior in the workplace, I, you know, I have to give him credit here on this topic, you know,
6: because he's on the money. Uh, all right. Well, what did Mr. Harvey have to say about the workplace?
4: Well... He figured out that his time was his most valuable commodity. And that inspired him to lay down the law to all those around him at work. You know, I I think, I think it was called, yeah, it was, that's right. It was the Steve
6: Harvey
7: rules. I'm here to help.
5: I'm not familiar with the Steve Harvey rules.
7: I'm here to help.
6: Uh, I've not read anything about these so so-called Steve Harvey rules. I'm here to help. Uh, did he enact some requirement that his staff have to give back to the community? You know, like uh, volunteer or maybe work with uh, Habitat for Humanity or something? Well,
4: like not that. that I know of. No. What he did was establish firm parameters of what is now un- unacceptable behavior. You know, by workers when you know when they come in contact with. Him at work when i hmm. read the list he put out i immediately thought why not me you know why not on this show i mean why not do this immediately
6: and it only makes common sense do we have to address you as mr harvey <laughs> no but, but i do like the mr part it shows oh.
4: appropriate deference and respect hmm. you know I, i'm gonna write that one down you, you know the steve harvey rules
7: i'm here to help
4: are very wide and far reaching, and I will lay them out later in the show. But right now I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be, you know, speaking with a little later on. Here is Cradad Holiday.
1: Don't you know?
2: I'm on the Spud
6: Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, Loretta Swit, is ready to go.
4: Okay, you know, I- I'm going to need to act cool and not let on that I had a huge crush on her oh. you know for many years while she was on M.A.S.H. as Hot Lips Houlihan. Uh,
6: yeah, I don't think it would be appropriate to admit that you had illicit desires while watching M.A.S.H. Uh, Spud. That was wrong.
4: Well, I had a big crush on, you know, Mary Tyler Moore, too, and also Tina Louise, by the that
6: way. That information and, you know, I, is not necessary to share with others, as it most probably led to self gratification, I'm betting.
0: The Masturbation Network, keeping America baiting for 300 years.
6: Hey, hey, I had raging hormones
4: when I was younger, okay? I, I'm not a robot like you. Well, at, at what age was your sex drive
6: disabled, and why? It, It was not disabled. I've always had it under strict control, though. Uh, Okay. And you know what? It's served me well in life. How boring, man.
4: Uh, Just let me talk to Loretta. Uh, She's a big animal rights activist, you know, and and I want to talk to her about that, too. So just put her through. Here she is. Please say hello to actress, author, and animal rights activist Loretta Swit. Thank you so much for coming on our show.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
4: Absolutely. Well, you have a new book out titled Sweetheart, available everywhere, and I want to add the proceeds are going to assist efforts to protect and care for animals. I'm a big animal lover myself, so I hope you sell a ton of books.
2: Me too. The proceeds go into my foundation. Which is called Sweetheart Animal Alliance Foundation, which anybody can Google and make a donation if they can't afford the book. Uh, The book is available online at my website, uh and while Amazon or any place else might carry the book, um, they we don't get those proceeds. They keep a large percentage of the proceeds. If you buy it online, all of the proceeds go into the foundation.
4: That's where they need to do it, obviously. Then, all right. Well, you know, you've won a number of awards from your work in animal rights. D- didn't you recently receive the Betty White Award given to those involved in the protection of animals? How neat is that? Betty White's probably the coolest uh, person on earth.
2: Uh, yeah, Betty and I have known each other for years, and we've done many uh, campaigns together. Have many humane campaigns together. She's uh, a force of nature and an absolute national treasure. Yes. So, uh, yes, to get an award from for, named Betty White is uh, a truly a great honor.
4: Absolutely. Well, you know, you have a lot of knowledge in this in the area of. Well, in terms of animals, period, what's your take on big game hunters who pay thousands of dollars to you know, get up close to wild and often endangered animals, shoot them with high-powered rifles, because the current president's two boys seem to be quite proud of this activity. Do you think that there's an animal karma thing in life where th- these less than well-endowed males will someday face justice somewhere down the line? What do you think?
2: You know, that's that's so hypothetical and really kind of a fantasy, I can't. Uh, anybody who well, knows hoping. me um, would know would know that I don't uh, approve of anything that you've just described. The right. canned hunt are disgrace and a blight on our society. Yes, yes. As, as are the puppy mills. I mean, uh, take a number. There are many, many things going on that need correction and elimination, you yes. know. Um, but um, uh, we do what we can. Uh, as I look back, we've come a long, long way. Uh, Twenty years ago, we were killing over 20 million animals every year because there were no homes. Right. This year, we're down to a million five. That is progress. It's a horrible number, but we're going to keep working at it. We're going to get rid of puppy mills. We're going to get rid of backdoor, back backyard breeding. It's all. Wrong, unacceptable in a civilized society, which I think we are. Well, we're. I believe in the goodness of the human spirit.
4: We are all in your debt for your work in this area for sure. I just wanted to throw that out. It's it's a very important topic for me. So, anyway. All right. Well, let's touch on your iconic role as Margaret Hotlips Hoolahan on the classic show, Matt. Everybody knows it, obviously. Forty-five years, really? It's been forty-five years since the premiere. It's hard to believe.
2: Yeah, believe it or not, believe it or not, if, 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 without counting, that's what it is.
4: Wow, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes. be, Um, let me ask you this. I was just curious. Uh, before you went before the camera on the first episode, did you and the other cast members study the film version of MASH, or did you purposely avoid the work of that cast?
2: I can't speak for anybody, but myself. I never saw the film. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't actually think actors would do that, but that's me. That's my thinking. Um, you're taking on a role that you're going to develop. I, you don't. You know. You don't look to imitate anybody else, or. But that's my take on it.
6: Super spot. I have to say, I totally agree with Loretta's approach here. Um, Loretta, I'll
4: just need a very brief moment here. Yeah.
6: What? Well, you know, when I took this job as co-host on this Our show... temporary I did... co-host? Well, temporary permanent co-host. Anyway, I too chose not to check out the work of my predecessor on this show, former co-host Chick Hunter. I did not want to be influenced or be accused of copying his work or style. Um, I don't think anyone would accuse you of ripping off
4: Chick Hunter. He was like a a one-of-a-kind, and you're basically a corporate replica of a radio sidekick. Big difference. Um. Oh, so you
6: think I should go back now and listen to some old episodes with Chick?
4: Nah, I mean, it'll just make you feel more inadequate and destroy your self-esteem. I mean, you you do
6: have at least a little self-esteem left, right? Oh, 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 my self-esteem is just fine. Don't you worry about my self-esteem, Spud. Okay, I won't.
4: Let me get back to Loretta. All right. Well, I know that you are so busy right now that I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold you any further. But let me remind everyone that you have have the new book out titled Sweetheart available at at your website right and that is and they, what, that's what?
2: right twitheart.com. okay yeah you can get the book on the website and know that all the proceeds will go into the foundation
4: that's where they need to get the book all right well i want to thank you so much so much for checking in with this i'm a big fan all right
2: thank you and i love the invitation i've enjoyed visiting with you
4: super miss loretta switt
6: This
2: is the Spud Goodman show. Uh, 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 uh. I can't
4: believe I let you talk me into this.
6: Uh, Spud, yeah, our resident psychic Ted Marr is waiting well, on the well, line. Well, do his plug and put him on. I want to talk oh, to him. Okay, okay. Uh, I Ted, love talking. Ted to him. Marr's show, Out of This World, can be heard each Friday, two to four p.m. on KKNW, eleven fifty a.m. and on the web. Here he is.
4: All right, everyone say hello to our show's psychic, Mr. Ted Maher.
3: Hello, Spud, it's wonderful to talk to you.
4: Yeah, so I wanted to take advantage of your appearance on our show right now for my own personal purposes, if that's okay.
3: Oh, sure, that's fine. All right. Well, you know,
4: I've really been missing my dead dog, Fred. Uh, I must, you know, I've mentioned him in the past, but you know, he was the best, always there for me, no matter what. Even when I, you know, wasn't in the best mood and I maybe didn't fill up his food dish to the top as I was in a hurry or something, he never failed to wag his tail. It was unconditional acceptance on his part. Can you check Mm -hmm. and see if he's doing okay? You're able to contact animals too, right?
3: Oh, yeah, and he's right there in the studio. He hangs around you all the time. Really? Yeah, he sure does. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's there all the time.
4: So I wonder if I should leave out some food or, or at least a treat or something. He loves like dog
3: biscuits. <laughs> like in between meal snack. If if you you know they don't eat when they're in the higher dimensions. Um, really? But it, yeah, but but they feed off of love. And if you want to be if you want to have some fun, put out a little uh, bowl of his favorite food, and he'll like that symbolically. Um, but actually, he feeds off his love. Um, and if you send him lots of love and light, he'll, he'll really enjoy that.
4: Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I, I'll be aware of that. Uh, do animals have new owners in the next dimension or are they on their own? Like no need for, you know, leashes or collars. Cause I take it the whole dimension's one big dog park, right? You're they're running free. <laughs> I hope they're running free. I hope he loves to run.
3: Well, cats and dogs, pets, um, animals, um, they, they, they have total unconditional love and they will be with you for the rest of your life. They, become, they can become like a guardian angel to you and they never leave you either. I've had um, several cats and, and uh, several dogs in, in, um, in my life and um, even though they've passed on, I know that they're, they're around me constantly. And, and one, of the funny, one of the funny things, when you go shopping or a driving or whatever, they, they go with you in the car. And they're really? always with you. yeah, oh, yeah. Super. and and when you think of them, that's them coming in in your thought patterns. Um, and sometimes um, they will try to um well, there was I, I had a case where I had a had a situation. it was years ago where I was waking up in the morning and I, I could feel these these cat paws coming across my chest come, f- walking up to my face, and I woke up, and there was nothing there, but I knew that was my old kitty cat coming to see me.
4: Wow, thank God it was your kitty cat, not something else. But yeah, that's, that's cool. All right. Well, do all, <laughs> yeah. speaking of uh, cats, do all dogs and cats get along in that dimension? Or is there still some carryover from their often you know, rocky relationship in this dimension?
3: Um, they do get along much better in the other side. Than, although their personalities are intact, there can be conflicts. But most of the time, they get along better.
6: Alright. You know, my wife has said on many occasions, you and I sound like a dog and cat on the air. You know, because we have nothing in common.
4: Well, I'm the dog for sure. Well... You'd have to be a cat that's always coughing up hairballs and scratching the hell out of stuff. They can be such a pest.
6: Well, you know what? Dogs are much too aggressive. And also, they do inappropriate things to people's legs. What? It's very disgusting.
4: Dogs have needs too. Uh, just keep it down though let me finish this thing up. Alright, Ted, I'm back. Well, yeah. you know, I, I sure hope all the animals who were mistreated so badly, you know, in this dimension will get a chance to meet up with those who did them wrong. You know, I, that's, that's my hope.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, those that did them wrong. But what happens is that um, the owners, when they pass on, or their masters or whatever, when they pass on, they experience all the emotions and abuse of the animals who, who, who experienced it. And um, if if they did something wrong to an animal, they still have to pay for it to um to balance out that karma.
4: Yeah, and I was thinking maybe those executives in charge of slaughterhouses around the world too, you know, are one day gonna see that maybe there's a better way to make a buck when they get to that dimension and they face down, you know, <laughs> face down all their victims. I guess you could say.
3: Mhm. Mhm. Well. They have to. They have to. They go through the process where, um, when you pass over, Spug, what happens is that you do a life review, and 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 all the ways that you affected animals and people, come through this life review, and you you look at it not only from your perspective but also their perspective as well. Yeah. So, if you mistreated a dog, for example, you will experience that through that dog's eyes of what was done to to the dog. And so it's a learning experience for the soul so that hopefully you learn not to do it the next time.
4: Yeah, hopefully, yeah. All right, well, on that four-legged Billy Jack note, uh, I'm going to end this conversation. Uh, thanks so much, though, for spending a few moments with us. I'm feeling a lot better now, i got to tell you that.
3: <laughs> My pleasure, but it's always fun to talk to you.
4: All right, our resident psychic, Mr.
0: Ted Mar. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman radio show, following this brief intermission.
2: He had no money, he had no sense in his brain, he was Spud Goodman, but that didn't get in his way. He was a blind receiver on the wall of shame. And all the people joined in. Cause like they like how he swayed, swayed like they Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud. Goodman.
0: Spud. Good. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio
6: Show. Uh, Spud, yes? you've created a bit of anxiety among the staff here in the studio with your threat to implement what, what did you call them? The Steve Harvey rules? I'm here to help. Uh, y- even the interns seemed concerned. Uh, when the band was playing, one of them handed me a note asking if this was some sort of like sorted group sex ring arrangement. That would not be okay with almost everyone associated with this show.
5: Oh Well, uh, I would have to learn a lot more about that to make a firm decision. Uh, mm. No,
6: you know, the Steve Harvey rules I'm here to help
5: have
4: nothing to do with group sex mm. jeez i may be a lot of things but i'm not a perv well, um, what these yeah. rules will do is make clear how valuable and sacred my personal space is as of today i will no longer accept being ambushed by staff you know people you know coming up to me in the hallway asking me questions and stuff
6: i that's uh, frankly offensive you, well, that seems to be the only time any of us can communicate with you as you don't answer your phone, you don't open the door to your office when we knock. We have no choice but to approach you when we can as the opportunities are quite
5: limited. Well, Spud will let me in his office. That is, most of the time. Hmm. On
4: Dorothy, I appreciate when you respect my Spud time. Hmm. When, when I have to be alone and recharge my batteries.
6: This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one. This one goes in your mouth. Spud time? Is that what you're doing alone in your office? I I guess the interns were right on that one. (laughs) So, in the future, there will be absolutely no stopping and popping
4: in at my only workplace refuge. Translation, do not come in to my freaking office unless invited.
6: But you would never invite me, Spud. Good call,
4: yo. Do not open my office door ever. Violators will be immediately removed from the studio by my personal assistant, Derek.
5: Oh, I'm not scared of
6: Derek. But hello, what if it's an emergency and we have to reach you? Uh, Like an outbreak, Ebola has hit the area or uh, North Korea has a missile on its way and and there's an air raid siren going off and you can't hear it because you've got your iPod on really loud.
8: You had me at hello.
6: I will take my chances, okay?
4: In my office. If staff absolutely have to speak with me face-to-face,
6: you will have to schedule an appointment, preferably two weeks in advance. Oh, boy. Two weeks? Yes. Well, A lot can happen waiting that long to address show issues with you, Spud. Uh, Listen, I'm sure our executive producer, Lori, will have a problem with that rule.
5: Do you mean even relatives have to schedule an appointment? Seriously? Seriously.
4: Well, maybe not you, Aunt Dorothy. Good. If it's not Spud time... You know, you can maybe text and ask to see me. Right. What?
6: I'm going to be questioning the wisdom of this new policy. The Steve Harvey rules. I'm here to help. At our next staff meeting. I, I, I doubt the staff at his show could follow these rules and still produce the program. Y- communication is a key component of any successful operation. Oh, Listen, yeah, well. Listen, this might be an opportune moment to once again bring up the fact that I, as the co-host... Still do not receive an up-to-date schedule of what's on each episode before we go on the air. I continue to have to scramble to keep up during the show as I have no clue what's going on or what's coming next. Stop being a weak. a temporary co-host again. Temporary. Once again, temporary, permanent co-host, but Spud, you have no idea how difficult my role is on this show without being trusted with essential information that one needs to do this job. Listen to the snowflake Uh, and Dorothy. right, can you imagine any other co-host having to deal with this kind of situation? I can't. Well, co-hosts are like that Tyrannosaurus
4: dinosaur. I think the word is extinct. I mean, they died out, man, and they're not coming back. I don't think it's going to happen. Look, you and your breed won't even end up being like oil or Something, you know, of use down the road for future generations of humans here on Earth. Well,
6: so just check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Oh, yeah, and uh, oh, I'm being told by the board, your next guest, Courtney Thorne-Smith, is on hold for you. Okay. You know, I
4: think she has some mystery movie on TV coming out.
6: I just Googled her, and yes, her movie will be on... Oh, it's on our family's favorite station, the Hallmark Channel. We love their shows and movies so much.
4: Yeah, I wasn't real familiar with it until I had... You know, I read Courtney's promo material. Now, yes, you're right, it is on that channel.
6: Spud, are you going to ask her any questions about her time on that show Two and a Half Men? That one was not on the Hallmark Channel. You know, her co-star, Charlie Sheen, he, he led a colorful life. I'm by winning... I went here and I went there. Now what?
4: Yeah, you know, I'm aware of that, and I guess I'll ask, like, one question
6: about Charlie. I mean, how could I not? Well, try to keep it on the topic of her movie on the Hallmark Channel. I know the Holcomb family can hardly wait for it.
4: Yeah, I'll I'll do my best, okay? Just just put Courtney on, Yeah, here here she is. Please say hello to actress Courtney Thorne-Smith. Welcome to our show.
8: Thank you so much. It's great to be
4: here. Yeah. Well, you have a new movie on the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries channel, Sight Unseen and Emma Fielding Mystery, debuting on the 4th at 9, 8 Central, where you play Super Sleuth Emma Fielding. It's cool that you're not just a regular sleuth, you're a Dream Team sleuth. Top of the line as an archaeologist in it. Did you do any digging prior to going before the camera? You know, for the role, I'd love to dig around for stuff. It'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. It was really fun.
8: They had an archaeologist on set, so I wouldn't look like a complete idiot. And uh, they had a whole dig site set up, and he taught us how to dig. Basically, they have a big square, and they dig down an inch at a time, and then you see what you have. Then you uh-huh. dig down an inch at a time, and then you see what you have. It was really fun to get to be, get
4: down there in the dirt. Oh, super! Well, you you'll be playing Emma Fielding in other movies on the channel too, right? There'll be like multiple mysteries to solve. I was a, I was a big Murder She Wrote fan. I almost always figured out the killer before non you know regular just regular people, non private eye viewers could. I was pretty good at that.
8: Really well. I wonder if you'll be able to do it here. I'm very curious. I'm reading the script. I did, I couldn't figure it out till the end, and well, then it all made sense. I think I think our writer did a great job of keeping the mystery and mystery till the end.
4: But you're going to be doing other other uh, like sequels or whatever for this series, right?
8: That's the hope. Yeah, that's the hope. So we'll see how the audience responds. I hope they like it as much as we like making it, but if they do, then we'll make more.
4: All right, super. You know, I was thinking you could do this role for like 30 or 40 years, as Angela Lansbury proved age is no factor in doing her job. She never (laughs) lost a step solving mysteries. I just wanted to say that. So, all right.
8: Well, and the great thing about this story and the books Dana Cameron wrote is that you can tell an endless number of stories because you could do a dig anywhere. And to me... You know, it's difficult to find a way for someone who runs a yarn store to come across mysteries. But an archaeologist can realistically come across a mystery with every dig. You have the mystery that the archaeologists are working on, that Emma's working on, and the mystery that's happening in real time so I just thought I could see this going on forever It huh. just the story makes so much sense to me
4: all right super well I, I gotta ask one Melrose Place question so uh great yeah you played Allison Parker for five seasons she was a receptionist right did you, did you ever ask the writers to like let your character go to med school to be a cop to spice things up job wise
8: she moved her way up. She moved her way up in advertising. She was a very busy, very important executive.
4: OK, well, yeah,
8: but... Um, you, uh, you missed that with
4: many promotions? Well, no, I just... I, Yeah, you got me there. But I guess what I was saying was to, <laughs> to you know, try something like a second job. You know, like, I don't know, be like a, a spy or something. No, You never... OK, all right, whatever. Just asking. <laughs> okay. Well,
8: remember she had that pretty serious drinking problem. There wasn't a lot. She was kind of trying to keep it together.
4: Yeah. Yeah, she had issues. That's for sure. But, she
8: had, she had many. There were many issues. There yeah. were many, many issues.
4: All right. Well, the, you later co-starred for uh, eight seasons in about Jim. Uh, saw playing Jim Belushi's wife. That's a long time to play a wife, let alone actually be married to a guy that many years. How long before he started to display annoying guy traits that bug women, the first or second season? <laughs>
8: guys usually lead with those annoying guy traits um it was you know the fun thing about playing a wife on TV is a they pay you yes which is the best part yeah and b it's a few hours a day so we had a great time i mean we really it was such a great group of people and the hours on the sitcom were so humane i can't complain it's such a it's such a great life that's that's the dream job for an actor that is the that's the dream job
4: well, was that seventh the seventh season like uh, really the toughest and they always say it I've read that in so many books but uh no That the last season? No, the seventh um. season. The seventh season. You know, they say that's when it really, you know, and even if you uh, have a play marriage, it's it's it, I've heard it's still tough.
8: Oh really? Uh, That's funny. I have never heard that. Um, that
4: seven seven year itch kind of thing.
8: A little. I, I think sitcoms are different because you're not working crazy hours. If you're doing an episodic, which are the single camera dramas, and you're working fourteen hours a day for ten months a year, everybody gets tired. It's hard. But sitcoms are not a slog. That you know you rehearse during the week and you perform at night and you have every fourth week off. It's a very humane schedule, so I don't think people get as cranky. That's why they go on and on and on because nobody wants the job to stop. Oh, yeah. It's a great job.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you live on forever in reruns. That's kind of cool. Kinda, you're immortal.
8: Which is great. It is great that yeah. people get to watch it again and again. It's that's, really fun.
6: That's right. That's, but I have to jump in here, as I cannot just sit here and allow you to insinuate that couples cannot hold their marriages together longer than seven years. I can assure you, my wife and I have never itched once in our 21 years of marriage. Um, Courtney, I'll be back in a
4: moment.
5: Um, Not even
6: a tiny itch? Just once or twice? Absolutely not. We have never itched because we love each other and we have no reason to lust or even look at others in our daily lives. My wife has told me on many occasions that she does not even find Brad Pitt to be attractive. She only has eyes for me, Spud. Uh, okay... Oh, I sense a bit of sarcasm in your response. I'm telling you, my wife has never even looked at another man in a carnal fashion. Right. You you don't believe me? Okay, I believe you. you...
4: <sighs> Just let me get back to Courtney, okay? Well, you you later were a regular on Two and a Half Men, a uh, uh, semi-regular. I, I was curious, was Charlie Sheen really all about winning? He says he won a lot. That's hard to do in life. I mean, ask Donald Trump. It's hard.
8: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Charlie was a sweetheart on set. He was generous to the crew. He always knew his lines. He was great. I know there was a lot of drama in the press, but at work, he was just a, a, a great guy and so talented. So it was interesting to watch the the drama at the press and then go to work. You know, it, it's so different. It, it, You'd like, oh, that's a crazy thing. And then I'd go to work and we'd be working.
4: All right. I know you've got, like, meetings to take and stuff, so I'm going to let you go. But I want to remind our listeners that your new movie, Sight Unseen and Emma Fielding Mystery, debuts on the 4th at 9 p.m. 8 central on the Hallmark Movies and Mystery Channel. So, hey, I want to thank you so much for calling into our show.
8: Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Great to talk to you.
4: All right. Ms. Courtney Thorne-Smith. For a genuine musical treat, tune
1: in to the, the Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty.
4: It's musical guest interview time. Say hello to Crawdad Holiday. Um, hey, guys, uh, inter- identify yourselves and your instrument, please.
9: All right. Well, uh, my name is Forrest Butel, and I'm over here playing the banjo, and i playing the bass drum and the hi-hat with my
8: feet as well. I'm Julie Campbell, and I'm the fiddler.
4: Super. Okay, the name of the group, Crawdad Holiday. Is that like a legit holiday in the South? Do kids, like, get a day off from school for this?
9: Well, so the name came up. Julie and I were hanging out one night. Um, There may have been some Jim Beam involved. I'm not sure, but... Yes, um, that's off the record. Yeah, we were hanging out just talking about... um, uh, the summertime, really, because we, we wanted to have a big Crawdad Fest, and um, and, was, and we were trying to come up with band names, and she's like,
4: Crawdad Holiday, that's a band name right there.
8: That's two great things put together to yeah. me, let's have a Crawdad Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay.
4: Uh, well, Forrest, by playing so many instruments by yourself at the same time, do you realize how big a job killer you are? Fellow musicians might not like you so much, mean, you're like one of those robots in Detroit that can make a whole car by itself without human assistance. Well, Spud, little do you know, maybe I am part robot. Okay, well, Julie, let me hit you with this. Um, When you first started playing the violin in school, did you ever think you would be playing in a band that did not have, like, a conductor, some trombones, a couple of tubas, and, I'd say, a French horn around you?
8: Well, I'll tell you what, it was always my dream. So, yes, I I did used to uh, think that I would like to do that, but I actually played the viola back in school. Oh,
4: all right, super. Were you in first band, second band, or third band? <laughs> I was the first. For, of course, oh, I should, <laughs> why did I ask? I kind of teed that up though, so I, I, I would expect that because you are an amazing. Uh, I guess would the term be fiddler?
8: Fiddler,
6: yeah.
4: that's
8: right. All right, yeah,
4: Julia. She's Tacoma's resident fiddler. All right, super. Well, <laughs> who would the band most want to open up for, like at a huge outdoor stadium show? A- any dreams there? Anybody in particular? Uh, you know. On the
9: on the ceiling here, I saw this Hank the Third poster that you guys had up, and um, you know Hank the Third is Hank Hank. Well, you also have the Hank Senior poster hanging up over there. Hank Senior is the and, deal. And one of the first songs I learned was was my son calls another man daddy because I was convinced at the time that my girlfriend was cheating on me, and um, it turned out to be totally untrue. But um, so so I'd love to open up for Hank's grandson, Hank the Third. All right, that's for the record. Wow. Okay, well, what's the name of the next song? Uh, this next song is called "Cat on the Leash." It's a uh, it's a it's the title track off. So so at Holiday and I are, are playing at Jazz Bones on June sixteenth. It's a uh, my CD release show, and the CD is called "Cat on a Leash." Here, this is the uh, the title track off that album. Super. Oh, lately I've been feeling kinda alienated in my hometown.
1: Yeah. Lately I've been feeling like the ones that I love, they don't want me around They don't want me around I've been walking all night with these low-down blues my patience wearing thin like the soles of my shoes And I don't really care where I lay my head tonight Yeah, my soul is feeling empty like a bottle of booze But we both know that ain't nothing new Oh, something's got to change, I've got to change my ways, yeah, lately I've been feeling like the powers above are just beating down, yeah, lately I've been feeling like a cat on a leash, being dragged around, I've been being dragged around, yeah, my body, it aches, I'm so damn tired, feeling bent and broken like a worn out watch. yeah, I don't really where i lay my head tonight yeah my head my heart they're both in pain my thoughts my love well it's all in vain it's all in vain i'm the one to blame i got to change I've been looking in my pockets for some dollars that just cannot be found Oh, lately I've been trying just to make my ends meet I've been running all over town I've been running all over town Yeah, this lowdown hustle helps to pass the day I don't think I'll ever know no other way Oh, I've never really cared where I lay my head at night Yeah, my head my heart, they're both in pain My thoughts, my love, well it's all in vain It's all in vain I'm the one to blame i got to change my ways I've got to change my ways I've got to change my ways
0: This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show Hey, what's up, comedy fans? This is Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster. For some unknown reason, you're listening to the Spud Goodman show. What the fuck is wrong with you people?
6: Uh, Spud? Yeah. Your last guest, Ben Robson, is holding. Okay, you know, I like the show this guy's on, Animal Kingdom on
4: TNT. Ben Ben plays a a badass pretty well, and his hair always looks so cool, too, with with just that right amount of greasy, you know, that kind of greasy look, but still fashionable. Man, what I would give to have that kind of hair for just one day. I said
8: your hair looks stupid. What
4: good would cool hair be for one day? Well, I would time it right. So it would be the day of my next high school reunion. Oh. You know, I'd also hit like the YMCA a bunch beforehand too and and then I would You know, maybe wear a a tank top and some skinny jeans if I could suck my gut in and and fit into a pair. It'd be pretty cool, you know. With Ben's kind of hair at my age, I mean, it would fix all of my humiliating experiences in, like, grades 9 through 12. Well, so do you recommend that I check out Animal Kingdom, then? Heck, yeah. I mean, Ellen Barkin plays the mom, and she is, I don't know, she's well... um, Friendly w- with her sons, if you know what I mean. That is messed up, yo. No, I do not know well, just, what you mean. Just watch the damn show and put Ben on, please. Yeah, okay, here he is. Uh, say hello to actor Ben Robson. Uh, thanks much for calling into our
7: show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely.
4: So uh, you co-star in a show that I enjoy very much, Animal Kingdom, which airs on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m., 8 central. Now, uh, there's there's no lions or elephants or, or tigers or anything on this show. No, it's it's a heartwarming story about an all-American family in SoCal, right? Living the dream?
7: I mean, heartwarming is definitely a way of putting it. I think it's the most dysfunctional family in SoCal. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's a crime Family live in the underworld in, in Oceanside, and uh, we run around doing heists and causing all kinds of trouble. And have a pretty incestuous element towards the family, with a whole of the brothers who don't have the same father. Who were led by uh, our mother, Ellen Barkin, and it's, it leads to some interesting, uh, interesting stories and in moments.
4: Yeah, you guys are kind of unruly boys uh, who, you know, are, are kind of grown ass men now. Are still hanging out at home with with her. It's, it's she's kind of like a helicopter mom, and she just won't let go. of You guys, right?
7: Yeah, 100. She she has a, she has an incredible hold over us, um, and you know, she she has a, a business obviously which is crime, and then um, also has a, a business which is a, which fronts the whole uh, crime thing and, and pays us to. You know, manage these properties that she looks, looks after, and, and yet we're all uh, do crimes at night and, and the rest of it. And uh, unfortunately, when, when Mum's got the credit cards and that's how you're getting paid, you, you'll do whatever it takes. I think we can all relate to that with any boss we've had. <laughs> you'll do things like you might necessarily want to do.
4: Right. Well, you play the character uh, Craig Cody. He's not a very nice yeah. guy, right? He likes to fight and steal stuff. Uh, and do any? Did, what kind of preparation did you do, you know, to prepare for the role?
7: Um, well, he, he, he was actually trying to fuck, uh, delve into the, the wild side, you know, I think he's such a, an extreme guy, he, he's someone who doesn't really have to think about the, the you know, the future or the past, he very much lives in the moment, so um, I got, got into motorbikes and, and surfing, and um, especially with bikes, would we, we really push myself to do things I necessarily didn't want to do at the time, but knew that it was the type of thing that Craig Cody would do, and so you know before you know it, hitting jumps and ramps and and stuff. I didn't necessarily believe I should have been doing.
4: You previously played a, a Viking, Kalk. What what yeah. kind of background preparation did you do to play that part? Did you did you do do away with silverware and eat with your hands a lot before you went before the camera?
7: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love Mexican food, so that was kind of an easy easy thing to to move into. But in terms of the the preparation, I actually grew up in the area where uh, the Vikings first raided in the northeast of England. So um, I I used to do school trips to, to places where the Vikings would go. So it was kind of like a crazy full circle of actually getting on a show like that which i was also watching
4: yeah i mean why does it seem like vikings always eat like the drumstick they always seem to have that in there. i don't know, just something that's always it's bugged me over the years but anyway i'll, I'll move on here so so you do hail from <laughs> england and i read you were a pretty good soccer player or is it footballer i guess oh that's the correct term
7: have you lost a step yeah that now? is the correct thing first yeah.
4: yeah have you lost a step or could you go the full 90 these days
7: oh my god i wish i could still live on the full 90 i was actually talking to a friend about it the other day i, I had um yeah, I used to take it very seriously, you know. I captained my school and then um you know, we actually won some tournaments and I think I actually captained um our school the first unbeaten season they had. Um and then I came out to LA and, and, and played in the leagues over here and won a couple of uh leagues and, and trophies which was kind of fun. But I I, I do not have the uh the, the lung capacity that I used to when I could get up and down the field like I did. But yeah, I still love playing. It's uh, I don't play as much as I used to. I used to play a lot, but it's a good game. I, I still watch it a lot. All uh, right, you know. All right, super. Which which news to get promoted, which was kind of an amazing thing a couple weeks ago.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well, I wanted to ask you a showbiz question question if I may. I, we're talking about it on our show. Do you allow do you uh allow cast and crew to speak with you on the set cuz I'm considering implementing the Steve Harvey rules
7: myself. I'm here to help.
4: You know, no one is allowed to even make eye contact with me in the studio. Is this something you see a lot working in Hollywood? <laughs>
7: um Look, you know, everyone has their their own thing. I mean, I, I actually get on really well with with, with the crew. I think it's um, you're, you're one big family. and You're pulling in the same direction, so there's there's a lot of jokes and pranks that right. get pulled from from the crew and the cast. So, so you know, everyone's different. Uh, me personally, I, I like the community of it and having a good time and winding each other up. Um, you know, we, we 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 spend so much time together on a daily basis doing the most crazy things. So.
4: Alright, so you you let people look you in the eye then. Alright, I'll I'll write that down. Maybe I'll I'll consider that. If, If
6: I may, Spud, you know, Ben here seems like a very decent person who understands the need for everyone on a production or show to treat each other like family members while at work, and not act like the enemy.
4: Um, hey Ben, I need a sec here.
7: Sounds good,
6: man. Yeah,
4: Ben seems like a cool dude, but he does not have to undergo what I do in this radio studio. The pressures of being a talk show host are immense.
6: Really? More than, say, an air traffic controller? Or a brain surgeon? Or maybe a fast food worker at lunchtime? Okay, maybe
4: not... More than like a fast food worker at lunchtime, man. They're, I mean, they're totally slammed. They are. But this is a very demanding position, and I can no longer be distracted from my daily duties. Now, let me get back to Ben as I have to wrap this thing up. All right, well, I know you got to get scooting here, so uh, let me remind everyone that Animal Kingdom airs each Tuesday night at 9, 8 central. We really appreciate you coming on our show.
7: Yeah, thanks for having me and looking after yourself.
4: All right, Mr. Ben Robson. <laughs>
1: <Virgin Country> when you go to shop in the morning when you go to shop in the evening when you shop in the morning at noon or at night ask for the beer that tastes just right go to the store that treats you right cuz <coughs> we know we're getting our money's worth as we know we're getting our money's worth ask for the beer that tastes just right 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 <laughs> Now you perk up just like that. It happens every, happens every time, time I a fellow gets a new hat. So don't put it off. Go get the new half. Go, 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 Go get the new half. Go get the new half. Go get the new half. And you
0: and your sweetie will
1: ask for the beer that tastes just right.
0: Hey!
2: I'm not fooling. I'm not fooling. I'm not fooling. No, sir. Hey! My! How time flies!
6: So, Spud, before we sign off here, I feel I should relay the response of the staff here to your new uh, so-called rules that you want to implement. Actually, they are not my rules. They are the Steve Harvey rules. I'm here to help. I mean,
4: it would be plagiarism, I think, if if I called them the Spud Goodman rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just taking Steve's lead uh, as he's a visionary in the entertainment industry. There are certain uh, seminal figures in every aspect of American culture that are trailblazers, you know, and,
6: and in terms of the proper treatment of talk show hosts, Steve Harvey is certainly a trendsetter. Well, I seriously doubt any other talk show host would ever even consider this type of thing. It's egomaniacal behavior. We're coming for
5: you, globalists! It is totally disrespectful to everyone working on his show. Can't you see this? I'm pretty sure Ryan Seacrest will be on this like a puppy tears into a new pair of one's favorite slippers. Hey, there is one last thing that I have not mentioned. From here on out, I will be asking everyone
4: now to not make eye contact with me. Wait, what? I, I know in the past I've only enforced this directive with you, Gerald, but I think Steve is right. These type of things need to be across the board. You know, so so when I'm walking in the hallways, I will no longer respond or engage in idle chit-chat on walk-alongs, all right? Uh. Please, no more gazing into my eyes, hoping to make human, you know, what, I guess a human connection. Uh, understand, it will no longer happen. I need you I'm guys- i powers! You need to understand this, it will no longer happen.
5: Oh, you've worn dark sunglasses all the time since your early 20s, so no one can do any gazing, Spud. Uh. I do seem to remember you have blue eyes, right?
6: They're brown. No. Whoops. No. <laughs> you know, this is unacceptable. Understand that regardless of your edict, I will continue to look you directly in the eyes, with or without your sunglasses on. I, I really? spoke to Human Resources, and they said, you cannot order your co-workers to do this. Shut up!
7: Shut up! Shut up!
6: Ah! Really? Well, maybe that's why this show's ratings
4: suck so bad. You think the human resources people on the Steve Harvey show would even think of undercutting any of the Steve Harvey rules? I'm here to help. No, they walk in fear of this man, and that's what I need to make happen around here, okay? The days
6: of easygoing, happy-go-lucky, Spud Goodman are over. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wait, were those days before I came on the show? <laughs> I-, I guess I can email your old co-host, Chick, to check on that. But since I've been with this show, everyone in this studio walks on eggshells around you. I mean, maybe I except for the interns. But from what I hear, they hate you, Spud.
4: Get them out of here! Yeah, I, I know. Right away. You know, it's it's just... Kind of hard to fire someone who doesn't get paid. I yeah. I, I already checked, you know, that thing with uh, with human resources, and they just said it's so not much. I, yeah, I well, know. you
5: can't fire me either, and not just because I'm your aunt. I chose to be a volunteer designated laugher mostly so I wouldn't have to attend those boring staff meetings. Oh
6: well, I find our staff meetings highly stimulating myself. Really? Listen, yeah. Listen, yeah.
5: all everyone
4: in this studio needs to know. This new way of doing business is not personal, okay? Uh, It's simply what's best for my life and overall enjoyment.
5: It smells really
6: good. I mean, who would have a problem with that? I mean, you know the old saying, happy host, happy life. No, no, I I think it's happy wife, happy life. Uh, Mother, or or, uh, my wife Rachel, is very big on that one. She's posted it in big, bold letters in our kitchen.
5: Well, Spud, can I still enter your office if I'm bringing a batch of my cookies?
4: What kind? You know, snickerdoodles, maybe okay. not, but, but your peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, for sure. I mean, they are killer. Okay. So
6: you don't even have to bother knocking with if you have a batch of those. Mm-hmm. See, Oh, there are so many inconsistencies about these so-called Steve Harvey rules. I'm here to help. I-, I can see an unfair labor practice complaint being filed by a disgruntled co-worker. You just be prepared, Spud. No one's going to take any complaint from you seriously. I mean,
4: or you need to know that. From the guy who has not even been cleared to receive a show schedule prior to going on the air? Come
5: on. Uh, he's got a point, Gerald. You are kind of irrelevant around here.
6: Well, well, you know what? We'll see about that. I-, I want you both to understand this is not over in my mind. Just please keep it down. I have to close the show
4: right now. Oh. <clears throat> I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is cried out Holiday.
1: In some dark, dusty alley well there stood Gypsy Sally With a rose, with a rose in her head She had a funny way about her As yeah. she took me on her side For one night I was her, she was mine We sang the blues all night long She knew all oh, my, my favorite, favorite songs Till the early morning. She sang the blues all night long She knew all my favorite songs And I loved her till the early morn I got a friend named Johnny Bones Yeah, he lives all alone, And he has since he was 12 years old It smells like whiskey and tobacco. Oh, smoking and drinking like it's going out of style. she got a thing for Johnny Bones. I've got a thing for Gypsy Sally, and together we're gonna sing all night long. We'll sing the blues all night long. We sing the blues all night long. We know all your favorite songs, and we'll love you till the early morning.
0: The Spud Goodman Show is produced by David Brennerman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer, Mike Renville. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director, T.J. pite Production assistants, Brian Martin and Frank Nolasco. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-Air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.